everybody, and welcome back to the Cinefessions podcast. I am one of your three hosts. My name is Brandon Shawin, and we also have Chris Ranson and Ash Collins back with us again today. Gentlemen, thank you for being here again this week. It's always appreciated. Uh, let me make this note before we get going here. Being here today means that we have already recorded in just these past four weeks over half as many podcasts that we did in all of 2014. That's crazy and awesome, and it could not be possible without you guys. So I thank you guys for your your time and your commitment to uh, to the Cinefessions podcast. So, gentlemen, how's everything going? Chris, how has life been this past week? Pretty good. I don't. The week flew by. I don't even know what I did. It we did. Complete, we completely bombed trivia last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we would have won. But I was like, no, 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 no. Let's change these two around in the final question. Oh. And we were right before I said that. So, yay, me. <laughs> um, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I watched. There's something crappy I watched. But I watched. Uh, today I watched What We Do in Shadows, which is that, like. Yes. Australian vampire mockumentary. Mm-hmm. And, and it was entertaining. I don't know if I'd watch it again or if I'd, I'd buy the blu-ray or anything uh-huh. almost but i don't know it just it was good yeah but i don't know if it was that good I, i'm being frugal lately. right that's when I, I just rented from Redbox, and so oh, yeah, that's where i got it yeah i was happy to see it in there because i had heard about i'd read about it uh, somewhere maybe in horror hound magazine or something and i'd wanted to see it but I didn't want to pay. It was like 17 bucks at Best Buy when I went there. So I was like, eh, I'm just going to check Redbox and see. And I got lucky and they had the Blu-ray. So I will Sweet. give that a watch. Yeah. I went to FYE t- or this week because I had gift cards burning holes in my pockets. Ah, for yes. A month. And they had uh, the Harry Potter Funkos there. So I grabbed the three they had. And then I was going to buy It Follows. Oh, and okay. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I liked it enough to buy it. Okay. And they wanted like 18 for it. And oh. then I, I was looking at the back and I'm like, no director commentary, mm-hmm. but that douchebag Scott Weinberg or whatever his name is on Twitter yeah. has a commentary track. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm just not going to give you my money because I can't stand him. If we were to ever get any listener complaints, I think you just said the sentence that could possibly generate those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like like I have people who like tweet stuff and they're like, Oh, I just unfollowed like the biggest douchebag. I'm like, I know who you unfollowed. <laughs> like he, he I find him so irritating and egotistical that I have him muted, blocked, everything. Like just Ugh. See, I don't mind him that much, but I probably don't pay it. my Twitter feed's so filled with all sorts of stuff that I don't notice a lot of stuff. Yeah, I respect him as a horror mind, especially in a film critic, but I find, yeah, I'm kind of with Chris on that one. Won't speak badly of him necessarily because I don't really know him at all, but um, I have unfollowed him on Twitter, so there's that. So, Chris, but, go hmm. ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I just don't understand why he would be the commentary track. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think I could be wrong. I know he was a producer. He had a producer credit on some recent horror film, and it might have been that one. I don't know mm. for sure, though. That could yeah. just be completely wrong. I don't know. but I'd still rather hear the director like elaborate, especially because mm. I know Ash watched it recently. And not to ruin it for you, but what? the entire finale, 
just kind of, they're like, it just starts, they do their thing. And I'm like, I don't know how we got from this point to that conclusion that this really stupid idea is going to work. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I'm hoping I'm going to watch it either this weekend or this coming week here. And I mentioned how I didn't follow the ending. Like, it kind of just jumps to their plan. And, like, their plan made no sense to me. Okay. I thought their plan made sense. It's just there are a lot of holes in their plan. (laughs) So so the the very ending is kind of ambiguous. So I kind of like that. But But the build-up was pretty... I love the soundtrack. Okay. That's cool. I'm excited to see it still. So I'll let you know my opinion next week. Um, Chris, you reviewed an independent horror film recently. You just the the review went up yesterday, I think. And the you actually were able to get a screener by communicating with the I think it was the director on Twitter, which was really cool. Uh, Love in the time of monsters, right? Yes. Can you I know the review went up. Do you have anything else to say about it? Or can you maybe tell our listeners that haven't seen the review, maybe what the movie's about? Well, it's about these two two sisters who their father died in like some bizarre accident where um, Paul Bunyan's statue fell on him and killed him. But they're traveling to this like cheesy tourist trap vacation point, and the one girl's boyfriend is secretly working there as a Bigfoot actor to uh, get money so they can move into a house because they just got engaged or something. Okay. But one of her friends that she went to school with spilled the beans, so she's going to go surprise him. But unbeknownst to everybody, someone's dumping chemicals into the lake. The actors end up all falling into the river or lake or whatever, get contaminated and become mindless, hungry zombie humans in Bigfoot outfits. (laughs) It sounds cool, and your review made me want to see it. I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, it's fun. It's different. It wasn't as fun as, you know, Zombievers is just its own thing. Yeah. So the communication with the director was like, we have the same idea and kind of do. Mm-hmm. But this one was just, they're aiming for like the pure camp because it's, okay. you know, limited budget. and the, Right. <laughs> so one of the bad guys gets like, one of the Bigfoots get like, electricity powers or something so they have this really bad cgi like lightning field around them <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome it's so bad that it's awesome I, I <laughs> oh man yeah so it sounds interesting so what about you ash what have you watched this past week or read or done whatever god well we ended up renting a bunch of movies um like a bunch of movies <laughs> uh so let's see what have i seen this past week um rented it follows um wife hated it i loved it um <laughs> let's see uh we rented annabelle um we both liked that one okay. um i had it was a little predictable toward the end but it was pretty good um jupiter ascending which i liked a lot more than i probably should <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, my wife would have liked it better if Channing Tatum wasn't the lead guy in that one. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she just doesn't like Channing Tatum. Gotcha. Um, I usually don't either, but I liked him in that. Uh, I finally watched Interstellar, and I gave, gave it a solid meh rating. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it, which is exactly what I thought I was going to give it, just because it's like the, the last act is just like, really? We're going with <laughs> this. Um, and then I watched, uh, we rented Curse of the Wishing Tree, which I had never heard of before, which was better on a second viewing, because uh, I wasn't paying enough attention the first time we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was taking care of her, and she kind of passed out in the middle of it, and then I kind of zoned out. But yeah, the second time it was better. It's it has a problem where it's it's kind of an indie film, mm-hmm. and it and uh, so it's really dark when they shoot at night. I don't know why they can't invest in like proper lighting. Yeah, they have a budget. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> but they can't invest. So for whatever reason, indie films seem to not invest in enough lighting at night. So there's parts of it that are just way too dark. It's like okay, I understand it's at night light it up a little bit mm-hmm. um watched lazarus effect today uh, okay. which which i thought was okay it was mm-hmm. about what i expected out of it just from the reviews i read and then but the one i absolutely loved was ex machina that was fantastic that was everything that i robot should have been and wasn't so yeah definitely recommend that one that's cool let me ask where are you renting these movies from are you Getting them online or from a store? Family video. <laughs> Family video? Yeah, they're the yeah. only in town. Well, there's a red box in town, but uh, it, the red box is just too much of a pain in the ass where they've got them located at both the Walmart and our Kroger and stuff. So it's just, it's like whatever. Like right. Kroger's set it out in the middle of like their entryway. So it's like you have to stand outside in the baking sun or the pouring rain if you want to get anything out of there. And then Walmart's got theirs like, right in the entrance way and it's just oh, like okay then and then but then the family video is just like just down the street from me so that's I, cool. I yeah that's that's where i used to work family video Woo-woo. yeah <laughs> i we would we would be rating netflix but we don't have she's been upstairs most of the time um so we've just been uh the upstairs tv we don't have the ps3 and stuff upstairs oh okay there's no netflix streaming so gotcha. we're just like eh, we'll just run a bunch of movies that we know weren't on netflix yet so mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, so you watched a ton. That's awesome. I I didn't watch much of anything this week. I actually, the only media-related thing that I can recall doing this week was watch uh, reading, and I have to say thank you to Chris. I read the volume one of Injustice, the graphic novel that Chris was talking about last week, and it is absolutely fantastic. Like Chris said, the writing is excellent. The art is beautiful. The characters are just, they're so well-written. Um, the story itself is, is awesome. I have never really read like a justice league before. And so I never gotten all of these characters on the page at once. And it is, it is so cool. I actually picked up the second one just uh, yesterday. I haven't started reading it yet, but Bridget got me a Barnes and Noble gift card as part of my Christmas or Christmas, Jesus, as part of my birthday gift. And so I use that toward, uh, toward that one, which is Really excited to get into because it is excellent. Highly recommended if you guys have not checked that out. It's Injustice. It's And I wouldn't expect it to be good too because it's, you know, the reason it was made is because of the video game, right? So, but it's it's excellent. Yeah, they actually put a they actually put a decent writer on it. I follow mm-hmm. him on Twitter. He's pretty cool. He's um, cute. <laughs> like that, 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 that was uh, why I followed, but <laughs> he's writing the new female Wolverine series. Oh, okay. That's the one you were talking about. Gotcha. Almost, almost makes you want to read it, but I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, I, I would. He's, it's so good. I would be interested in reading it just because now that I know that it's him. But, 
But other than that, I've been focused on trying to buy a car, actually not buy a car, but lease a car. And so that's what I've been doing on virtually every time I've had off. I went to the Tigers game on Monday night too, which was excellent. I went for work and that was really cool. But other than that, I've just been trying to find a damn car and I have it narrowed down. I am about 20, less than probably less than 15 hours away from getting a Camaro, which I'm super excited about because it is just, I think, one of the baddest ass looking cars out there. So, and I got it in my price range and uh, Bridget and I are really excited about it. So hopefully on my next podcast, I'll have a new car. Yeah. And we actually, we've been talking about moving for like the past three years, but we've been focused on moving pretty heavily here in the past, you know, six months. But today, Bridget and I decided that we are likely going to stay put for now. So it was a pretty big, uh, pretty big revelation there, but it just makes the most sense. We have good jobs that we like. And so we're going to stay put right for now. So, yeah. That's what my week has been consisting of. So before we the well before we announce the winner of the giveaway from last week, which we do have a winner, yay! I want to bring to your guys' attention this list that I found earlier, and I actually I sent it to you, so you have it in front of you. So I was on Twitter this morning, and this is an article from IndieWire. I didn't realize it at the time, but I realized it after the fact that this article is actually old. It's from 2010. It, it, the article's from 2010, but the list was actually written in 2009, and it's 2015, but we're still going to talk about it because I've never seen it, and I don't know if you guys have either. So what this list is, is a list of uh, Martin Scorsese's 11 scariest horror movies of all time. Now, anyone who knows anything about film history probably knows that Scorsese is, as this article puts it, a, quote, walking encyclopedia of film knowledge. Um, he is an absolute film expert, and he's likely the the smartest film mind still living today, frankly. So apparently he made this list in 2009, like I said, but these are Martin Scorsese's 11 scariest horror movies of all time. What I want to do is just run down the list for our listeners and then maybe talk about it a little bit. So number 11 is Psycho from 1960, and he says of this one, this is the only one he actually has something written about it, but it says, quote, Again, it's so familiar that you think, great movie, but it's not so scary anymore. Then you watch it and quickly start thinking again. The shower, the swamp, the relationship between mother and son, it's extremely disturbing on so many levels. It's also a great work of art. So uh, that's end quote. So that's what he says about Psycho. Number 10 was The Innocence from 1961. Number 9 is Night of the Demon from 1957. Number 8 is The Exorcist from 1973. Number 7 is The Shining from 1980. Number six is The Changeling from 1980. Number five is Dead of Night from 1945. Number four is The Entity from 1981. Number three is The Uninvited from 1944. Number two is Isle of the Dead from 1945. And Martin Scorsese's number one scariest horror movie of all time is The Haunting from 1963. So a couple things stand out to me in this list. One of them is the fact that only one Rather, the latest film on the list is 1981. So there's nothing that came out later than 1981. So that's interesting to me. If you look at the the decade breakdown, the 80s have three, 70s have one, 60s have three, 50s have one, and the, and the 40s have three. But the number one most fascinating thing. Now, I consider myself a pretty knowledgeable horror fan. Obviously, I have a ton of blind spots. But this list is is very humbling. Because of the fact that I've only seen three films on this list, which just blows my mind. So now, of course, 
making it my mission to to watch through the list so I have a, a deeper understanding of why he considers these the scariest horror films of all time. But let me ask you guys, Chris, looking through that list real quick, how many of these have you actually seen? Four. Four of them. Okay, what about you, Ash? Five. Wow, okay. So I have three. You guys have four and five, so it's not that big of a difference, so I don't feel so badly anymore. But yeah, it's interesting. Is there anything on this list that stands out to you as why is this on this list or something that stands out is yes, I agree a hundred percent that that should be on this list. One of the things about this list though, none of these seem like low budget, uh, get your hands dirty horror. Everything here seems like either big budget or studio made, or this director did that did this has been around for a while. Right. None of these, none of these are really like. There's no Sam Raimi on here. There's mm-hmm. no. Are you kidding? There's no John Carpenter on here. There's no. Yeah. It's. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting list. It's interesting. Not having seen a couple, quite a few of these, I right. can't. Yeah, it's just it. Just the ones that like, you know, The Exorcist, The Shining, um, even The Haunting to a degree, you know, The Psycho definitely, uh, and The Entity were all. They had money behind them and studio backing. They didn't have a bunch of guys going out and trying to make a horror movie or, you know, I mean, granted, one of my, one of my, the ones that I would have had on this list would be John Carpenter's The Thing, which granted was a studio film at the time, but it had virtually no backing. Like he just right. kind of, you know, I mean, he made it on the lot, but they didn't interfere with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I don't know. It just, I, I, there's some I agree with, but there's a lot of this is just these are, these would be kind of like the glossy horror. I don't know. That yeah. Seems- and one thing uh, you bring that the glossy, the glossiness of that. But I, one thing that I think of when you say that is the fact that these are the types of films that he's making. He's making Scorsese's making glossier films. Even, I mean, even, you know, uh, mean streets or, or taxi driver. Sure. They're gritty, but they're still that you can clearly tell there's money behind them. And these are, these are Hollywood films. You know, these are studio films. Well, not Hollywood necessarily. He's very a New York, a New York director, but still that's where, that's what his mind is. You know what I mean? That's what he sees or that's what he makes. And so I could see why kind of these are more that style, just because that's what he does also. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, mean, I agree with that, but yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Any opinion on this at all? It's, it's hard to judge. When- right. I haven't seen. There, there's some that I'm like, have I seen it? I'd really have to like go and research and see if I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Like Night of the Demon sounds familiar, but you know, a lot of movies share the same titles. Or yeah, there was a 1980s Night of the Demon as well. I think it was actually Night of the Demons with an S at the end. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She takes that lipstick and I think she puts it in her mouth and it pops out of her vagina. <laughs> Great stuff. Absolutely. I highly recommend it if y'all haven't seen it. <laughs> the remake isn't too terrible either. Yeah. All right. So let's announce the winner from last week's giveaway contest. So this person correctly guessed the clip that we played on the last episode, which was a clip from The Ring. And by the way, week one was from Carrie. I forgot to mention that last week. So anyone that was curious, that was from Carrie. Last week was from The Ring. Um, and so this person wins actually four Blu-rays. Because the last winner let me know that he actually owns one of them on Blu-ray already. 
And so he, I could just put that in with this next contest. And so that's what I did. So this week's winner is receiving My Bloody Valentine 3D on Blu-ray, Intruders on Blu-ray, Nothing Left to Fear on Blu-ray, and The Others, which is a brand new sealed Blu-ray disc. So without further ado, this week's winner is listener Andrew Shelton. So congratulations, Andrew Shelton. You have won the horror prize pack just for listening to the show and sending in an answer. See, easy as pie. So now all you have to do is send us an email with your shipping address so I can get those Blu-rays out to you as soon as humanly possible. So congratulations again, Andrew, on winning that awesome prize pack. So let's see what we are playing for this week. So this week there is a triple Blu-ray pack, a triple feature Blu-ray pack that contains Commando, Predator, and The Terminator. So it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger triple pack, triple pack. So if you can guess what this clip is that we're about to play and then send me a correct answer to contact at cinefessions.com or DM me on Twitter at Simon one, you will be entered in for a chance to win that Blu-ray pack. So what I do is all the correct answers are placed in a random drawing and then one winner is chosen at random to take home the prize. So again, this week's prize is a Blu-ray triple feature containing Commando, Predator, and the Terminator. So it's basically all the Arnold you can handle. Now this is all in one box, but it does have one Blu-ray for each film. So it's a pretty solid release that you can nab for free. All right, so here is this week's clip. Now we are going to do something extremely fun. We're going to play a wonderful game called who is my daddy, and what does he do? Yes? Is your daddy a fireman? He's probably big. Is he a wrestler? Is he a basketball coach? No, 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 no. What's the matter? Oh, I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. Excellent. So, again, all you have to do is tell us what clip that movie is from at contact at cinefessions.com or DM me on Twitter at Simon1, and then you'll be entered in for a chance to win the... Arnold Schwarzenegger triple pack Blu-ray set. All right. Easy as that. All right. So now let's jump into the reason we are here. Scream episode four entitled Aftermath. So Aftermath actually picks up exactly where the last episode ended. We're still at the police station. Emma is outside crying. It was very Halloween too, right? It picks up exactly where it where the first film ends. Audrey and Noah show up. And Emma decides that she needs to find out who did this. Okay, so one thing that stands out to me in this opening scene, which was a bit disappointing on one end, Noah comes running up. Noah's girlfriend, right, was just murdered in cold blood. And he was on the phone with her watching her die. And so clearly he's distraught. He runs up and unfortunately, the actor playing Noah just could not deliver what one would expect in a moment like that. Like he could tell he was trying to make himself cry. He was trying to put on all this emotion, but it just wasn't working. And so in order to, and clearly the director saw this, he could tell. And so in order to kind of hide this, they use a lot of editing tricks, right? They're, they were like jumping back and forth between different characters. It was kind of awkward how much editing was done in that small scene. But it was all just to block the fact that Noah really couldn't commit to the death of Riley, which I thought was disappointing. Did you guys notice that at all? Yeah, well, not that you mentioned it, yeah. But the scene was really, they were like, they were trying to fast pace it. It seemed to jump right to the burning car. 
which is what I thought they kind of did anyway. Yeah, I think it was it was definitely that. I think the writing would have led to that too. But the part that just kind of stood out to me was the the awkward editing in order to try to edit out as much as Noah's face as was humanly possible. That's what I saw anyway. And if you guys didn't see it, that's fine too. But that's that's what I noticed in that in that opening scene. Yeah, I, I thought, didn't quite pick up on that, but okay. my my first note is terrible acting one oh one. And because it's the next it's the next Turtle? scene with, with Brooke and um what what's her name? Brooke and Emma. And um they start crying. And it's clear they took lessons from Kristen Stewart because neither of them can pull it off. So they, they both awkwardly cover their faces in some weird group huddle together and sob. And I'm like, no, no. I don't know. I got to disagree. I thought Emma handled the emotional scenes really well. Brooke, on the other hand, and that's in the scene that you're talking about, which is like the next pretty much the next scene. I agree. Brooke was kind of it didn't seem like she was fully committed to what was going on, but I thought Emma handled it pretty well. And I actually I actually liked the where that scene went with uh, she was trying to find mascara or whatever. And Riley never had to wear mascara because she had super long eyelashes. And Brooke says that bitch. And then Emma's like, I know I miss her, too. I really like that moment. Yeah, I did like that scene, too. That 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 one, I think, was a better scene than the one with Noah and. Aubrey. Right. Actually. Yeah, I agree. It's just that whole covering in the face, the sob. See, I honestly, I don't remember that. I've watched like I watch every episode twice and I, I just don't remember that happening. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't. I just don't remember it. It doesn't stand out to me. Well, well, I was snarky. Yeah. The start of this episode. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I, I, there was a really cool crane shot that the director used and the when they were looking at the burning car tyler's burning car what they yeah what they think they're about to find is tyler's body right and there's this really cool crane shot that that lifts over the car and kind of goes over the whole scene and then pulls back i thought that was really well done which it always surprises me when i see something like that in in this tv series because every so often there's a shot where i'm like damn that was a really cool shot um and that was just one of those one of those moments so we have the police find this this mask, right? The Brandon James mask, which one of my notes was that Brandon James mask just does not have the same ring as Ghostface mask. It just doesn't sound as cool. But they find this mask near the car, which obviously is going to play into effect a little bit later when the sheriff is talking about the case. So that then that goes into the the scene with Piper talking over the she's podcasting over like this montage of all the main characters. And that's when we get the scene in the bedroom with uh, Riley or Heather with Brooke and Emma crying over Riley from there we move into Audrey and Noah again and I as much as I love Noah just some this whole episode he was just off like they were trying to play him as like getting drunk but they didn't really go with it at all they just mentioned it and they showed a red solo cup but and then they like put eye makeup on him so that it looked like he'd been you know awake for a while but it was just silly to me and it never really worked and so that whole thing with Noah, it was just, I felt disappointed. It was just disappointing, which maybe it was because of, you know, playing to the actor's strengths as opposed to their weaknesses, which obviously comedy is uh, something that he does really well. And so I don't know, maybe they're just, you know, trying to cover up his weaknesses, which is fine, but something was just off about Noah this whole episode. That whole scene was just weird. Like for some reason to me, like Audrey and Noah kind of looked alike. Like they had like the same exact, 
body shape and like face. <laughs> I was like, that's really weird. But then I think there's a line at this scene and he, and I wrote it down and he's like, I wish I had a lock of her hair. And yeah. I'm like, really? No. He says, no, the, no, no. The Romans had it right or something like that. And no, uh, that's me. I wish I had a lock of her hair. That's just go, go to her house and get her hairbrush. If, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to be that weird, but uh, it was just weird. I was just like, no. Yeah. No one would say that. No, 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 not true. Not, say, Ash, this is your man crush, so you might have something yeah, to say. I, I could see it, but I didn't, I, I didn't like the way that this scene was like set up and the way it played out. Anyway, mm-hmm. I could see someone wanting something physical out of the relationship with somebody, especially if they died. You know, it, but it, yeah, it, the, the whole scene is kind of off. The relationship's so new that it's, it, I don't know. It just seems weird for something so new. It is new, but it's also his, you know, it was the first person he was about to have sex with, one, and probably his first relationship, even though it was new and, you know, it wasn't real serious, but, I mean, they're teenagers, right? And it's lust, which should be a a demon. There we go. They're all possessed. That's the answer. (laughs) Two people are possessed. So they have this town hall meeting next, which... I didn't real. Okay, this is the first time I realized that whoever the fuck that guy is who talks a lot about the town. I don't know if he's the mayor or what the fuck he is, but that's the first time I realized that he is Brooks' dad. That's the first time I've seen him. Like I, I freaked out. I'm like, what the fuck? That's Brooks' dad. He was in the uh, first. I think it was the first episode. He he was there for three or four, like maybe thirty seconds. He says something about, oh, we have to keep this town safe. Oh, and then later on in the, in the episode, he rips down the like Murderville or whatever the hell it is. Lake, I forget what the hell the sign said, but it was something like derogatory to the city. And then he makes that speech before the basketball game, whichever episode that was. That's the only other time I've really seen him. And I don't know what his position is. Is he a mayor? Is he? He's uh, the mayor. He is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. But yeah, so that's the first time I realized that. And, um, but we have that scene, that small scene between Jake and Will talking about how they need to trust each other. And then you have Emma and Brooke and Emma's like, you know, talking about, or Brooke's talking about her dad. Um, and then you have the mayor apparently, which is Brooke's father introducing the sheriff. Now this is the scene where the sheriff says security footage shows that the mask found near the wreckage matches the mask worn by the killer in that footage. And he's confident that Tyler is the killer. He's confident they they have their man, and he ends it with, it's over, which just blows my mind. I love the scene after this, though, because Audrey like confronts him in the hallway, and she even says to him, you're not just going to pin this death on Tyler to close the case, right? And he gets mad and tries to push her off on Emma. Um, what did you guys think about this whole town hall meeting? I thought most of it was kind of, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was just, it was just necessary. Here, we're going to spew a bunch of crap at you. Um, I did like the confrontation scene just after, but the one thing I thought, the only thing I really took away from most of the town hall um, was that the uh, the blogger uh, clued in on the two jock idiots yes. talking about their shit right there in the thing. So it's kind of like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say like Tyler, Tyler and Nina are gone. They can't hurt them anymore, um, which to me is I, Piper overhears that is what I think. And so, yeah, I'm right with you there. 
I don't know. I couldn't wrap my head around the whole her dad is the mayor and it's taken us four episodes to find this out. Yeah. And, and he's my number one suspect. Not even, I, I didn't even know he existed. I thought he was just still off banging a secretary somewhere or whatever the plot line was. <laughs> right. Exactly. Which makes no sense because you find out that the parents are divorced and the mom is, you know, not communicating, but is mysteriously in Indonesia or wherever later on. Are they on. divorced? Did they say that in this episode? They haven't been together in a while, it sounds like. I don't know, it was just weird. Yeah. Like, maybe he, well, to support your theory, maybe he's killed her and is, uh, you know, buying these trinkets to appease Brooke. Right, because Brooke can't get a hold of her mom. That's what she says later on in the episode. She's been trying to get a hold of her mom, but she can't. She can't. So who knows where she is? And if he's the killer, this is the best I've ever done of pulling something out of my ass. Just, whoosh! (laughs) (laughs) It was a... But, like, I, I just don't get how they ignored this fact for four episodes yeah <laughs> like that's a big thing mm-hmm. and he's just mysteriously gone <laughs> yeah i have yeah i don't get it one thing i noticed was will's face when the sheriff was announcing that they believe tyler as the killer now is it more red herring yeah i'm sure it is they're really playing the fact that they want you to believe that will is the killer will and jake have something to do with it but he was very smug when this was all announced which I thought was interesting. And I just thought, man, this is really shady police work because they are jumping to some very large conclusions. The fact that he says it's over just blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. And so how how do you make that conclusion based on the very little bit of evidence you have? You haven't even done a fucking DNA test. You can't even find this fucker's head. You don't even know that you don't have his head. It's just like, ah, it, this is the worst fucking sheriff. Well, that ever. was my favorite part because one of my notes is she mentions that they can't find the head and that they're still dragging the creek. And all I'm thinking is that fucking creek was dry from what I can remember. It didn't look like yeah, a creek right. to me. You're right. I, yeah, It was completely dry. And I'm like, dragging it for what? Right. Because there's no water. It's <laughs> a good point. Well, I mean, there's that. But then you also have to remember this is a shame sheriff that knowing that there is a killer out who probably wants to kill these two girls didn't leave a fucking officer at the police station last Jack. time and got her killed. So, you know. Did you guys notice that two characters were missing this entire episode? No. <laughs> Which? Uh, the teacher never shows up. Oh. And... Keenan or Kiernan or whatever. Ah, yeah. Son yeah. Is. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't even notice. I didn't either, but they're both in the preview for next week. But it's weird that they wouldn't be in this episode. Like, they're like two big suspects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just not around. We didn't have time for them. Because you would think he would be kind of like, oh, I'm so sorry that Riley's dead. Let me console you and, you know, bang you. Right. Like any good, you know, not boyfriend, boyfriend would do. Mm-hmm. But no, just not there. Doesn't <laughs> exist. Needed the week off. Right. I don't, it's just weird. Yeah, I don't know. But, but like I said, they're both in the next week's preview. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But we'll talk about that at the end, I guess. F- so from the time home, I mean, we go to the morgue, which we already talked about and how the, they don't have a DNA match because they can't find his head. Uh, so then we move to the coffee shop. Will shows up. Again. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. I have a note. Yes. Uh, the autopsy. Uh, I absolutely loved the Jaws reference during the autopsy. Uh, when they, when the, co- the sheriff first walks in and they're walking, looking over the body, he makes a mention of, I need to, uh, we need to make sure, we need to ID this body so that we can oh. get the, get the, uh, 
the uh, beaches open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. But that's yeah. Awesome. Uh, I was like, that is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that that was good. I completely forgot about that, but I caught it on my second second time through when I was laughing at it. So we have the, the next scene is the coffee shop and Will's back. Boo. And that just a, a silly scene to, to show that they're, you know, friends now. And then Brooke calls and we we switch over to Brooke. Brooke's switch trying to shop for nail polish for the funeral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as she's doing that, she gets this text. And the text is a link to a poll which says, Who would you rather see on the chopping block? And it has two pictures crossed out already, Nina and Riley. And it has the two in the middle, Emma and Brooke. And so basically, who do you want to see dead? And Brooke is in the lead, like 347 to two, something obscene. And so this kind of puts into motion Brooke's character arc for the rest of this episode. And the fact that she basically realizes that she's a piece of shit. She feels bad about Riley because she left her for a booty call that didn't even show up. And she just doesn't want to be that person is what we find out as the episode continues on. So then we go back to the coffee shop and Piper, the podcaster, and Emma are are talking and this scene is piper putting doubt into emma's mind which i don't know if it was really necessary because emma's mind was clearly had doubt in it already um and but this i guess just makes it even more so i did like that um our uh, blogger friend is actually smart as hell uh she's actually really smart and is Brewing to be nothing like Gail Weathers. So while she kind of, it's like, oh, well, she's Gail. She, yeah, she's playing the part of Gail, but she's nothing like Gail. That's interesting to say great. that. Yeah, because Bridget said that exact thing. She's like, um, she's supposed to be Gail Weathers, but she's not really like Gail Weathers because she's not the ruthless investigator that Gail Weathers was by any stretch. And I, it's so obvious that Piper is the Gail Weathers character, but I never really connected it. I never even thought about it until, you know, Bridget mentioned it when we were watching this episode. But you're right. She's not. She's clearly the Gale Weathers character, but nothing like Gale Weathers in terms of her personality. So that's interesting. So the next scene is Emma getting home and she gets this package in the mail. And it turns out to be the the yearbook from George Washington High, 19, class of 1994. And it has a bunch of pictures in it that are all cut out. And the pictures that are cut out happen to be victims of Brandon James. And then the last one is her father's face scratched out, who is obviously the only the only male survivor of Brandon James attacks. And the red note inside says the truth lies where the mask was made. Now, of course, this is going to prompt the whole second half of the episode. So Emma shows up at Noah's work, which apparently Noah doesn't have a home. He just stays at his place <laughs> of business, like his work all day long, which is kind of strange. but. Well, he made the comments he didn't want to go home. Yeah. And he'd just been staying there. Right. And he's the only employee. <laughs> Who knows how to reset the router. <laughs> um, so they go and, and they're talking. So they talk to Noah and uh, Audrey about this finding, about this yearbook. I love how much Noah knows about the Brandon James case. And we just kind of, each week more is unveiled about what is in his head about the Brandon James case. And so he unveils the fact that you know, he knows that the Brandon James mask was actually made at the hospital in order to cover his, uh, his stitches up so that they didn't get infected. And he gets real giddy. He's like, please tell me we're going there. And so they want to go to this, uh, this hospital that closed seven years earlier. And 
the girls say, no, no, we're not going. And so he leaves to go play video games. And then the girls are talking and they make the decision that they're going to go to the hospital to figure out what's going on. And you can see Noah kind of watches them leave out the corner of his eye. They should have just taken Noah. And that that was one of my notes I wrote down. It's just like no, we need we needed that up. surprise later on. No, obvious no. surprise. I know See, it was it so obvious. Been, it could have been anybody else. They they could have brought Noah, and then we could have gotten surprised by like oh Kiernan or, or Kier- mm-hmm. yeah, is it Kiernan or Kiernan? Kiernan yeah, yeah. No, uh, I forgot his name. He's gone for an episode. Right, exactly. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, you know, they they could have done other things with it. Plus, you, why would you not take the encyclopedia of Brandon James with you going to the fucking hospital to look for and you know information? I liked her line. The reason why she didn't take him, she was like, "Hell no, he'd be like a four year old at Disney. He'd have to have a leash on him." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but so from here we go to the police station. I kept I kept writing police office when I was taking my notes because I could not think of the goddamn word police station. So I have police office written all the time. <laughs> just sounds ridiculous. So anyway, so we have uh, Sheriff and Maggie or yeah, Maggie talking about um, the fact that Rachel's family wants to sue them because basically they had done a shit job with the investigation. And Maggie says that she has her back and that takes us over to Brooke's house about, we talked about this a little bit earlier about where's the mom. I have no idea. Blah, blah, blah. Brooke can't get a hold of her. At this point, it's it's very clear that Brooke has no relationship with her father virtually at all. And it's just kind of whenever they're on screen together, it's awkward. And later on, there's a moment where she's it's a later scene where she's sunbathing and the dad comes up and he puts his hand on her knee. And I'll be damned if I didn't get like a a gross vibe right then because it was creepy. I don't know what the fuck it was about the fact that he put his hand on her knee. It was just so awkwardly placed. You could tell that it was just uncomfortable. And I was like, please move your hand from her knee. This is this is not working. It was really strange. It was just. Yeah, I, I marked know. down that her her dad is kind of an unintentional creeper. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just between this convo and what happened later. Yeah, like, oh. he really is. I'm glad I'm not the only one that saw that. So. So next up, we have Will and Jake in there outside of the school. We found out that he got into Duke, but he didn't get a scholarship. So it's going to cost him like 63 grand to go there. And his dad won't co-sign for student loans for who knows what reason, just to move the plot forward, I guess. And so Jake uh, brings up a way to make fast cash for tuition. And he says that they can finish what Nina and Tyler started. And they talk about blackmailing some guy. And so now that's a revelation to us, right? I have never heard anything about blackmailing somebody before. So we know now... That what Tina, Tina, what Tyler and Nina have been doing was blackmailing somebody to get money. And so now Jake and Will want to take over. I thought that was that was pretty revealing. I was I was very surprised. I thought it was I I had no idea that that's what it was that they were talking about in past episodes. So and I, I even wrote down using the fact that he has to pay for his Duke education is a bit silly. In order to get his character into the game, but I still think it works all right. I can I can go with it well enough. Yeah, I still just glaze over as soon as I see them on screen together. I'm just like, ugh. But I mean, we we know who they're blackmailing because it's exactly. pretty much revealed. Yeah, yeah. My my note my notes every time these two show up is another jock scene. Fuck these dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I really don't like either of them. They're just eh. Yeah. It took me my second time watching it to realize who they were blackmailing. 
because that scene I was talking about where he puts the mayor puts his hand on Brooke's leg, his daughter's leg, and he gets that text message that says it's time for another hundred thousand dollars, time for another hundred k. I'll get you the GPS coordinates. And then it it hit me that second time that, oh, holy shit. The person that they're blackmailing is Brooke's dad. And I thought that was interesting. But I completely missed it on the first time through. So I went right over my head. So now I'm curious what they're blackmailing him about. Because we know he's banging somebody. But Brooke tells everybody. So maybe they know he killed his wife. uh, Oh, there it is. There There we go. I doubt they, it. But they know he killed his wife, and so he's trying to because he doesn't know who the who's blackmailing him. So he's trying to pick off the students one by one, so that he there won't be blackmailed go. anymore. See, yeah. But anyway, more fuel for Chris's theory. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So I was really annoyed also that they didn't take Noah with them when they went to the hospital because that's our next scene is the the two girls at the hospital. So one thing I noticed in this series is that they'll have this shaky cam up here every once in a while, and it'll be kind of like behind bushes or or behind a wall. And so it it gives the viewer, at least me, the impression that someone's watching them, but nothing ever really comes of it. It's very Pretty Little Liars. which Yeah. Which they make fun of in this episode. I know. <laughs> I was like, man, you can make fun of Pretty Little Liars all you want, but I still think it has a stronger script and a more engaging story so far than Scream does. So make fun of it if you want, but mm, step up your game. So I'm I know, but you didn't see Pretty Little Liars this week, Mm-mm. but um, Spencer has been taking pot. Okay. Been getting pot from somebody, and this girl made her pot gummy bears or something. <laughs> so they're in her purse, and they're going to go capture A. Yeah. And her boyfriend, she's dating a cop. Okay. Well, well he just got through like the academy. Well, he takes the candies out of her purse and eats them all, not realizing they're pot gummy bears. <laughs> so he totally botches the entire thing because he's he's there and he's about ready to capture the guy. And the guy hits a switch and it turns on like this entire arcade that they're in. Oh, my God. And he, st- he totally loses his shit because it's all these flashing lights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is so terrible. But I mean, it, it worked, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell, if I saw gummy bears, I'd be like, Argh. right. And exactly. then if you ate the whole bag, like, you're fucked. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah. So I you, took the um, same note about the reference, though, because I was like, really? You're going to go there? I know. <laughs> I know. They, uh, the one thing I didn't like about their, I did notice with the shaky cam, but the one thing I didn't like about how they, they were starting with the, the investigation. They came in from the back part of the hospital to pull up at the front gate where the fence is. <laughs> so basically, there's no fence on the back, but we have one on the front. Or how does that work? And they're going to park their car out in front of the hospital instead of the back. I, I was just like, I, this whole scene, I was like, what the hell are they doing? This makes no damn sense. <laughs> like, yeah, I know the hospital's supposed to be abandoned, but what? <laughs> yeah i have no idea i didn't even i didn't even connect that myself but yeah because the yeah because the they park under the admission sign mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten when you go to a hospital admissions is the front of the building facing the street yeah. <laughs> it's like um yeah that's smart right that's how they get caught they gotta I wait for them to get caught so i don't know it just seemed really stupid right uh, if if you can park out back do it mm-hmm. One another shot. I mean, you can tell this director knows what they're doing. Another shot that that proved that to me was the oblique shot that they used when they follow the blood trail 
to the door yes. and the yes, camera. That was fantastic. I, yeah. I made that note. I was like, nice transition to the blood trail. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I really like that a lot. And so another thing I like was because we go to the, to the lair next. Well, pretty close to next. And after we find the pig with the heart, this this butchered pig with the heart taken out, which is clearly the heart that was sent to uh, Emma's mother earlier in this in this uh, season. So they find that and then they keep walking and they see a room that they turn the light on and there's all these Brandon James x-rays on the wall. And then they go into the next room and they hear something. And what is it? What is it? There's a person watching. Obviously, I even wrote down before it happened that it was clearly Noah. And it obviously was Noah. It was the stupidest try to scare the audience ever. But yeah, yeah I have the same note. Mm-hmm. Obviously, oh. Noah. Right. <laughs> In comes Noah. Yep, called it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote, that is clearly Noah. And then I put dot dot dot, and I was right. Yeah. So at least I don't know why they did that. What a waste of time. But I, I really like the lair itself. Like it looks staged. Like a lair. Yeah. It looks like it's supposed to. You know what I mean? Like it looked really cool. So did you look at the x-rays by any chance? I mean, I, were... not closely, I guess. I saw like the, uh, of his skeleton or his skull mostly. There's one that looks like a baby fetus. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know if they're just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and just took like random pictures or if it's implying that he had a kid. Huh. Or That's I don't interesting. Know. That could be, yeah. Or maybe they were trying to use stem cells. Oh. Ill- illegally? Eh? I don't know. In, I don't know. In 1994? I, I'm, I'm stretching. No, 94, yeah. Okay. They could have done it. Okay. Jurassic Park was out the year before. I mean, come on. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple problems with this scene, though. Okay. Um, there's, there's a couple different things. Number one, Emma is carrying her taser and her phone in the same hand through <laughs> most of these scenes. That's not going to work right. at all. Yeah. Um, then uh, the buildup to the body reveal was pretty good, but we're in a hospital that's been shut down for almost a decade and it still has electricity. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then Noah was, like you said, it was a waste of time. But I did think that the, the multiple mass was interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, and, and then they, they continue on and they actually find another room, Nina's laptop. And... The background on Nina's laptop was so like morbid and awesome. I loved it. I don't know if you guys noticed it. It was like a chicken handcuffs with like this really weird. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like strange painting on the background. It was really interesting. That was cool. And I so they noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> they find this file on her computer. That's like something about her friends or whatever. And they try opening it and it's encrypted. There's a password. And so Noah says he can open it, but he needs time. And then somebody's coming again using the same thing twice. And so someone's coming again, right? And so she's like, give me your SD card from your camera. I'm going to stick it in here and copy the files over and then Noah can encrypt it later on. And so, oh, how much time do you have? Oh, the time's 10 seconds, blah, blah, blah. And they pull it out and they leave. They start running away. But then they turn, they notice that there's a Brandon James mask up on like the top of one of the shelves and they pull the mask down and what falls down on top of them is Tyler's head. I thought that was pretty cool. What I didn't think was cool was the three of them staring at the camera and screaming as I went to a commercial break. I thought that was silly as fuck. <laughs> See, I love that. Though. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> that was so dumb. I don't know. but uh, I, did, I did make a note, though, that um, the rotting version of the head actually looked more realistic than the one 
first episode. Absolutely agree. And they keep showing that one in the first episode. And it's like, ah, you really want to show that one off? They show it at the beginning of like every episode. And it's like, <laughs> but so Ash, you're, you're the computer guy. So could you really copy encrypted files? That's onto... exactly what Bridget asked. It depends on the encryption. You could copy them, but they'll still be encrypted. It, it, it really depends on the encryption. Um, right. Because I can, co- like, our where I work, our hard drives are encrypted. We can copy shit off onto SD cards all the time. Hmm. Uh, you know, if we wanted to. We're not even supposed to have SD cards, but you can do it because we have USB drives that we have to copy files for. But it's like, it, you can. It depends on the encryption. and But they're using very Hollywood-style computer shit mm-hmm. for this it's yeah. like um but it's like what the hell is she running because that doesn't look like a mac and it doesn't look like windows and i don't think she was savvy enough to use linux <laughs> so. i just like that everybody is tech super super tech savvy and they mm-hmm. can, i couldn't encrypt the file i don't know what the fuck i'd be doing let alone hack it and right set up secret webcams and mm-hmm just to jump back a few moments before there was that reference of the voice recorder changer thing. Yeah, my dollar ninety nine app. That. From yeah, Audrey says it's a dollar ninety nine app that they use for Rachel's zombie movie. So and she sounded exactly like the killer. So I mean that gives credence to the fact that it could be male or female because she was able to sound just like the killer. Why couldn't somebody else? So from here they are they run out of the building and they're caught by the cops. The sheriff shows up and they throw them back to the police station, not the police office that I have written down. And the sheriff's trying to figure out why the kids were in the hospital. And, you know, why didn't you bring it to me once you found it? Yada, yada, yada. And she's like, well, because we brought the last thing to you didn't go so well. And her mom says, that's not fair. Are you you fucking serious? That's not fair. (laughs) They fucking left the police station empty and let a teenager die. Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it back. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my reaction too. I was like, seriously? <laughs> it's like, I know you're the coroner lady, but wow. <laughs> that pissed me off so much. I liked Brooke's character uh, arc, her her progression in this episode. Because it's just every time she looks down at that pole, I, I just feel sad for her. I feel bad, you know? Clearly, she is not very well liked, which is her own doing, obviously, but she decides that she is going to change she wants to change so after that she has this awkward conversation with her dad where she's in the bikini and her dad gets the tech from the from um will and jake presumably that they're blackmailing him then we have uh brooke sitting beside the beside the river and there's this cool music playing in the background i really like that scene too and will comes up so it's yeah that scene was great until will comes up <laughs> sorry <laughs> See, I didn't mind the scene, but my my favorite scene last week was fucking Will and Brooke too. So, I didn't right. mind this one either. I thought it was I thought it was another scene that was well done and showed why I like Will. I'm sorry, why I like Jake a lot more than I like Will. And so this is when she decided. I, I liked it all the way to the very end where the music's playing and then it kind of pauses for a half second. And you hear her say thank you, and then it continues and we change to the next scene. I just thought it was a really smartly put together scene. I liked it. One thing I noticed here though is. Brooke's age, the the actor's age is starting to show a little bit to me. I don't think she looks, I mean, she does look a little bit older, but I think she's been playing this character well up to this point where she's has at a certain maturity level that I believe she could, you know, I, I kind of believe that she's a high schooler. But this episode, so much has changed and it's almost, 
too, she's almost playing the character too mature in this episode, almost too much. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there. If that, if that trait continues or if something happens that brings her back to her normal self. Or, or she dies faster than that. Mm, I'm going to yeah. predict it now. She's going to have her change of heart. People are going to like her and then she'll die. And that could happen. That'd be pretty I mean, predictable. But it's the ABCs of horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Best friend always bites it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not one of the big three. Yeah, exactly. Is there a big three though? Like, is it just Emma? Well, I thought we'd decided. Yeah, that Aubrey, Emma, and Noah were our our three leads. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's what I would say. I mean, they were very heavy in this episode. You know. Yeah. Well, it was also all about them. Mm-hmm. Doing stupid things. I mean, who else could you point? I think <laughs> who else could you put as the as the leads then? Yeah, nobody really. Right. I think that's my problem though. There's it's a whole school, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't have enough fodder. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because I mean, no one dies, and that right. pissed me off. Yeah, I, the first episode there was not a death, right? And I'm like, no, no, you could have given us some terrible flashback, anything, and we got. Nada. Right. Oh, <laughs> well, we did get a little head. No, we did. Well, well we did know. that. <laughs> yes, we did. The same head we've been getting for four weeks. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it, lo- it was a much better presented head this time. Right. <laughs> 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 you know. <laughs> I'll be good. <laughs> Uh, so Noah and Audrey come rushing back into Noah's work and they start trying to encrypt this file or decrypt this file, I guess. And they realize, oh, there's only one file on there. They pulled the SD card out too soon. So they're they're working to try to get this one file open. Just bullshit. That is a, that is a Hollywood thing. Yeah. Even if they pulled it too soon, even though they're copying encrypted fucking files, they, if they pulled it just too soon, most of them would have transferred over as exactly. opposed to just fucking one mm-hmm. my ass. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But they have this this one file on there and then it jumps to Emma back at the coffee shop and she's basically, Piper's getting ready to leave town and Emma's like, mm, you might not want to leave yet and I can't give details, but, and Emma Piper's like, well, from podcaster to barista, if you were me, would you stay or would you go? And she says, I would stay. And so Piper's staying. Shit's still happening here in the city. So we jump back to Noah and Audrey, and they get the file open. And what is it? It's a fucking sex tape of Emma and Will. And she's taking off her shirt. I swear to God, I saw that twice. And I thought I saw I thought there was nudity in there, but it was just her bra. It was like a nude colored bra. And I was I was like, holy shit, there's t- oh no, that's not. Okay. But yeah. And so they had this file in back to the coffee shop or Noah says something like, oh, it's 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 attaching itself to this list or something along those lines. And it's it's sending out. And she's like, what are you talking about? What list? Where's it going? Yada, yada, yada. And we go back to the coffee shop and all of a sudden phones start going off. So apparently whoever this killer is has the phone number for every single person living and visiting the city <laughs> that this uh, takes place in. <laughs> they open it up. And it's this file, and and Emma says, oh my god, this is a video of my first time. So this is a video of Emma losing her virginity to Will, and it's sent out to the community, and then the episode ends. I thought that was a fucking awesome ending. I really liked the ending. I thought that was, I didn't expect that at all, and so I thought that was really cool. What did you think of that ending? I I don't get why she's upset. I'd be like, eh, 
That was like four years ago. <laughs> you might have a little different personality than Emma does, though. I don't know. She seems a little flaky. <laughs> I mean, she, she's a little whorish, too. Come on. She was, she was making out two guys in one night. Ah, she kissed one guy in a in a drunken, jealous rage. That's all. She seems pretty mm-hmm. conservative to me. Yeah, she is. She, she just seems that way. I did have a problem with two things with Noah decrypting this shit. Yeah. For starters, why would you do that on a laptop that's connected to the network in <laughs> case there is something attached to those files that's malicious? Mm-hmm. That's step number one. That's, that's Hacker 101. That's stupidity. <laughs> um, anyone who's the only person smart enough to reset the router where they work should know that. And the other thing is, who the fuck goes to decrypt a, a file when you don't know what it is and throws it up on the damn TV screen? <laughs> so anybody walking in the room can see it. I was like, I, I expect better from Noah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just, I, I thought they were closed, and so it didn't matter. That, that didn't bother me, I guess. All right. So then we have the preview for next week. Did you guys watch the preview for next week? I couldn't get the damn preview to load. Oh, um, okay. Every time I try to, it would like bomb out every time it would load the last like minute or so of that um, video. It would crap out and be like, sorry. I was like, well, fuck you then. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Did you watch it? I watched it, but I already forgot what happened. Oh. All I, I know I, is Mr. Fucking Branson. That's my killer. And shit goes down next week. And I cannot oh, fucking yeah. wait to see what happens. It looks fucking nuts next week. Kieran, there's guns. There's Branson being fucking nuts. I am genuinely excited for next week's episode. I don't know. I, this episode was such a buzzkill for me. Like, after, like, slowly getting better, I felt this one just kind of, like, nosedived. Yep, I would agree. And if if it wasn't for the podcast and my love of Scream, I'd be like, I'm done. Really? Done with this. Yeah, it was that drastically bad. Hmm. I had really low expectations coming into this week because I watched the preview from last week. It just didn't look like much interesting was going to happen. And I mean, not much interesting did happen, frankly. But I think there's some important steps in this episode that are going to help propel the next episodes and then likely the rest of the series to a much more interesting and much more exciting finale. We can hope. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was hoping for a lot more out of the hospital investigation Mm -hmm. is as heavily as they hyped that in the preview right it, it was just like it was so terribly handled here it just multiple eh. times yeah i agree yeah so let's play a game there were zero deaths this episode so how many deaths do you think will be in next week's episode chris well judging by harper island there will be an episode with two people getting off okay so i'm gonna say two people die mm-hmm One's going to be like an accident. Oh, okay. One will be a, like the murder. It's my guess. Okay. What about and, you? Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Uh, Go ahead. And I think it's going to be one of our, one of our suspects is going to bite it this week. Oh, okay. That's what I think. All right. I like that. What about you, Ash? What do you think? How many deaths this week or next week? Um, I'll go with the two. I, I like the, I like the accident and one of our principals biting it. Yeah. I say two also. I think. Both of them will be from the killer, though. I don't think one will be an accident. I think they're both going to be, by the killer, purposeful deaths. Excellent. So let's jump to my favorite part of the show. Ratings watch. Yay. Okay, so <laughs> episode three, Want to Play a Game, had 870,000 viewers, and it was ranked number five for the 10 p.m. slot. That was episode three, which it grew by 7.4% from episode two. 
So episode four, entitled Aftermath, had 802,000 viewers, and it dropped down from a 0.4 to a 0.3 rating, and it actually ranked 10th for the 10 p.m. slot. That means it dropped almost 8% from last week. That seems pretty bad to me. I don't know yeah, if this, this episode did it up. no justice. <laughs> so. Right. But I think the preview for next week, if 802,000 people watch this and they watch the preview for next week, I think they can get the vast majority of those people back and they might tell their friends that we're watching it. I think it might go up. My prediction is that episode five will at least tie what episode three did at 870 viewers. That's my prediction. What is next week's title? Because I know what episode six is called. Because episode six is betrayal. I'm assuming some shit goes down in episode six. <laughs> Exposed. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. When a scandalous video is leaked, Emma learns a heartbreaking secret. So, yeah. We'll see. I I would stick with the show, even if I wasn't doing the podcast at this point. And I have high hopes that it will be much better from here on out. I think we've... I feel like we've gotten past the slow point, and uh, I, I'm ready for it to pick up and, and, and start moving from here on out. It, it's weird, because it's almost like episode three and episode four should have been swapped, like, for intensity purposes. Yeah. Because, I mean, episode three's ending was so big, and then just to just whoosh down just kind of killed it. And with no one having a good enough acting ability, it just everything just felt kind of hard to watch. I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really like the ending of this episode. I'm interested to see what happens next. But yeah, this probably is the weakest episode to date. I would agree with that. But I think it's only up from here, boys. That's my guess. All right. Let's hope. Yeah. All right. Any other final thoughts, Chris, Ash, anything? I'm just not excited for next week. We'll see, though. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't excited for this week's either because I wasn't either. The previews were just kind of. I've seen this before on Pretty Little Liars like eight times. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it was just ironic that they were used that quote. Uh, right. Exactly. Like, we talk about it every fucking awesome. time. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts, Ash? Brooke's dad and Emma's dad moved high up on the list of suspects, I think. Mm-hmm. After all that weird shit with the yearbook and uh, the really bizarre and smarmy Brooke's dad, who, yeah. That that bumped those two up uh, higher on my list there. Yeah, I definitely agree about uh, Brooke's dad moving up there. So we'll see. I still think it's Mr. Branson. <laughs> God damn it. Until he accidentally gets killed next week. Oops. He won't be killed next week. You're smoking crack, son. I find it weird that on IMDb, like Riley's death was pretty much ruined. Yeah. Episode listings. But, like everyone else, including uh, Branson and... Uh, Keenan or whatever the hell's name is, Kieran. Mm-hmm. Kieran, yeah. They all have the ten episode listing. Oh, you know okay. they weren't around at all. Right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure they kind of were like, maybe we shouldn't post, you know, the episodes these people appear in because that yeah. sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, that's silly. Yeah. Well, isn't IMDb also like um, fan edited too? Yeah, you can. Exactly. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. So it's not they perfect. Were, they were right on though with that Riley thing. So maybe there's. Someone has the scripts. No, they weren't. You said they were wrong because you said that she was supposed to die two episodes later. I, I looked again. It's supposed to be four episodes. So I don't oh, know if they okay. count like the previously on segment. Right. Who knows? I don't know. 
All right. Well, again, if you guys listen to that clip earlier in the show, you can be entered to win a term, uh, not a Terminator, a Arnold Schwarzenegger triple pack that has Commando, the Terminator, and Predator in it. All you have to do is listen to the clip and send me an email at contact at cinefessions.com or DM me on Twitter at Simon1 with your correct answer, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win the Blu-ray triple feature. That's a nice, easy way to win some cool Blu-rays. And if you guys have any comments or questions, always feel free to contact us at contact at cinefessions.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter. We have a Cinefessions handle, and we have our personal handles. Mine is Simon1, P-S-Y-M-A-N-1. Ash is D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E, and... Chris's is at Wolverine Factor. So feel free to hit any of us up with any questions, comments, anything you want to talk about, any suggestions for future episodes after we get done with the Scream TV series. Let us know. I hope you guys are enjoying these. We, I know we like recording them every week. I look forward to it. That's for damn sure. And I'm excited to continue on. So with that, I want to thank you guys for being here again this week. And uh, I can't wait till next week. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you next time. Yeah.